I don't watch the news. I'm going to tell you why I don't watch the news. Because they're liars. I believe all politicians are liars. There may be an exception. I've yet to see them. My wife told me the other day that one, one of the guys running for president guaranteed if you'd vote for him, he guaranteed the cure for cancer. Well, if he's got the cure for cancer, somebody needs to take his butt outside somewhere and give him a good strapping or, or make sure he can give it to somebody. I don't watch it. But I walked in the house the other day and a particular news channel was on. Most of the people I know prefer this news channel. And I was watching the reports from around the world. If they're even true, I don't know who's acting, who's not acting. I got, let me tell you this. Somebody asked me about what do I think about wearing masks. I said, if you want to wear a mask, you wear it. If you don't want to wear it, one, don't wear it. It's just that simple. I've got room for everybody to do whatever they want to do, right? Don't you? I just wish somebody would tell us the truth. If they even know it. Or whatever, because I think more people would comply to whatever needs to be complied to if somebody would just say, this is the true facts, boom, let's live by that. But we're so confused that some people are going to wear it, some people ain't going to wear it. And I don't think we should get mad at people that do, and all people that, don't, that wear them don't should get mad at people that don't. But I see the strife, even when it comes to people wearing masks, don't wear a mask. I mean, people are literally fighting that they want, they want to be careful before they pass any ordinance like even in Ocala, Florida, because they said if we do that, our 911 center is going to be so busy with people who are fighting and arguing that it's not going to be worth us trying to enforce this. I'm like, holy smoke. I saw a video on Beirut, on, actually on line, with the explosion of that ammonia nitrate. 2,700 tons stored in a warehouse since 2014, and they've stored it in a warehouse next to a fireworks factory. I thought maybe somebody went in there and was smoking a cigarette for the last time. Smoking would, would have killed him for sure. And I see the people, they said they, somebody said that, that that explosion was only second in comparison to uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, or Hiroshima if you're from Georgia. And I see the people, the Lebanese, rioting against the corrupt government. I see it everywhere. Everywhere. There is, there is mayhem and chaos in the streets of the cities of the world. And I told my wife, I said, surely all of creation is groaning and travailing, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. They're revolting against corrupt government. Because I've told you, man has never been able to govern himself. They're looking for true government. Whatever side it's on, and as, however how twisted their perspective may be to yours or vice versa, the fact is, there ain't going to be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes. Danny, can I ask you to 
get me a, some water. I forgot to get, I know you know where it sat in that little fridge. <clears throat> and yet, if we're not careful, we will still live a, our daily lives with no type of reflection of when that day comes, when the true judge shows up on the earth. We don't take into account in our decisions if we're not careful. And what we're doing, because we're so motivated by temporal things and what the world has told us success is and what we think, I mean, you are, you are a great guy. And you play the piano good too. I mean, the guitar. Pardon me. I told people on Wednesday night, because I talk about some things on Wednesday nights that I won't talk on Sundays and talk about. There's many reasons why. Number one, I don't like the, the people who are critical of what I say when they don't really know where I'm coming from. And number two, I think it, that Wednesday night group's kind of special. In the sense that, that, you know, people get off work late and they come, they're tired, and still they come and do those kind of things. And we're trying to break down this word. But I told a few weeks ago, I told our Wednesday night group when I believed that when Yahshua was going to return. Now, I know the dangers of that. When I say that, you know, I always tell people this. You've got to be stupid to be in the ministry, a pastor, whatever, leader, uh, apostle, bishop, pope, whatever, to predict when Yahshua was coming because there's a good chance, at least a 50-50 chance, you're wrong. And if you're wrong, guess what? Supposedly, you'll lose all accountability, even though there's denominations in America today that prophesied he's going to return. And then when he didn't return all 13 times and they said the date he said he would, we know that they said, well, he really did. You just can't see him. Well, I'm talking about the visible literal return of the man Yahshua to come instead of his government on the earth and so I told the people and I know that when I've told I've, I had this conversation with somebody before and he said the Bible says no man knoweth the day nor the hour not even Yahshua himself and I always use that to prove that Yahshua is not like this with Yahweh he's like this and y'all know what that means, whether they do or not. I said, I didn't say I know the day or the hour. But I got a real good guess on the year. A really, really, really good guess on the year. It's a guess. Do I say I know he's coming then? No. But I think it's just wrong, as wrong to say he's not coming as it is to say he is coming. Well, he's not coming then. That's just as wrong as saying he is coming then. Y'all understand what I mean by that? The Bible says in the last day, they're going to say, Where's, where is he? Where's the size of his coming? Where is he? Why isn't he here? They're going to say that. I'm going to talk about something today that I want us to be sure to focus about. And we went this whole series, you know, the last series that I just preached, I think for me personally, that word is now, you know, been overtaken and I'm crossing the bridge to it, this word here. 
I don't know if it's going to be a one-time shot and we go back with that or whatever, but this is the word for us today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says that when the time of the dead that they shall be judged comes, when that day arrives, that those living people are going to be, watch this, gathered together into the presence of Yahshua before them. So the dead in, in the graves will be gathered. That will be a group that will be gathered. And those that are alive and remain will be gathered after that. So the living, when Yahshua returns, are going to have to wait until the reproduction of the dead, and for lack of a better word, of the, 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 the reproduction of the dead saints, when that's complete, and I don't know if it's long. I don't know if it's going to be short. It's not really revealed. As far as I know, they may be already gathered somewhere that I'm not even aware of. And we're waiting now for that to happen when all those that are dead who've resurrected and will be judged. Maybe they're waiting for us. We're waiting for that to come to an end. Then we will be gathered. So I don't know whether or not that they're gathered. But I'm going to tell you where they're not. They're not in heaven. So maybe we're... Just next in line. But we know this, however long or short, we know that the dead are going to be raised first. And then Paul goes on to tell us that after that, we the living who remain together are going to be hurried away in clouds for a convention, for a gathering, for an ecclesial assembling. And the Bible says that we will meet him in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. So the dead are the subjects of a word I taught you long ago. It's called anastasis, or the English word is resurrection. So there's going to be a reproduction or a restoration or a an, an, resurrection to what those people once were. And then in the company of all the other people who were born in the earth in Christ that, that is contemporary or alive during the dead's reproduction, re restoration, recreation, resurrection, we're going to then report ourselves. Either it'll be for better or it'll be worth, worse, worse, excuse me, at the judgment seat that I will, I believe will take place at the Mount of Moses. And if y'all remember, we, I showed you the videos and stuff of the true Mount of Moses, not the one that you can go visit as a tourist. This one has barbed wire fence around it. It has the altar Still there, the calf in there, but the, where the golden calf was, it has the blocks with the pictures of bulls on it. It has the 50-foot or 60-foot uh, rock that you can tell that y'all remember. I believe where the law was given to Moses, the, the law was going to be given through Yahshua in the plains of Teman. And all of those people who were proved or accounted worthy to obtain that aeon or that course of things, that gathering up, are going to be clothed with their house from heaven. They're not going to go to the heaven to get their house to be clothed. 
And so, gonna, we will be appointed to be with Yahweh always. And I'll, you'll notice I'll put, include myself in that group. I say we. And we will be appointed to be with Yahshua always in the air. And if you really understand scripture, we know that the heaven, the political heaven of the age to come is the government. That's where there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The old earth is not going to be destroyed. There's not going to be somehow that the whole universe is going to collapse and always going to make a whole new universe. No. It is a metaphoric wording of government. Heaven is government. So we're going to be appointed to, to be in the air, in the heavens, governing with Yahshua. Now, I've talked about this years ago, and, and it's very difficult to teach. Because to understand certain things, you have to understand certain things. If you can't add, how many of you know you probably won't be able to subtract? Or you're probably not going to be able to multiply or divide? So to try to teach the vision of somebody that don't even know what their numbers are, it's difficult. And so it's, it's, it's laborious. It's hard work. It's boring. It's searching. It's going down trails to find out that, that 40 hours you spent searching is wrong. Thinking, oh, I, ah, that ain't it. That can't be it. And this is why, and this is why, and this is why. Coming back, going down. So it takes a long time. So it's, it's difficult for me to just get up here and teach you about the signs of the times, how they're outlined in the symbolic, symbi symbolology of the sixth vial. But I can tell you in a nutshell that we are literally living in the very shadow of the second coming of Yahshua, the king. And it isn't because of what I saw on the news. Because that kind of stuff's been on the news for years. But it's because we know the times and the seasons. And we know the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And we hear the voice of God. We hear the sound of a trumpet. The sound of an ingathering, the sound of the Feast of Tabernacles. Not with this ear, but with this ear. And the Yahshua, the King, is going to appear as the Son of Righteousness in the springtime of God's purpose with man. The Son will arise with healing in His wings. The sun of righteousness is going to shine out of a, uh, and spring, the springtime of the, which is, it is metaphoric of the appearing of Yahshua. Because it's that time of spring that that seed gets planted. It's the time of growth. And it's the time, watch this, when new life appears from under the ground. Y'all hear me? We're in the springtime of those, pe those people who were planted. Like this, you have to, the seed has to die first, then resurrect. So this is the season. Johnny, how can you tell me? This? I can say anything I want to say. See, that's why everybody's saying, man, they say we can't say that anymore. Yes, you can. 
You can say anything you want to. You can do anything you want to. Don't panic yet. I got enough evidence supplied in the can, as I call it, from Scripture and teachings and hours and hours of teaching that the resurrection will be the first thing that Yahshua does. His first work at His second coming is He's going to harvest and bring forth in the springtime and bring life to that which is dead under the ground. And he's going to be here. The world can remain ignorant of the fact. We can put it behind our mind and get busy and let the cares of life choke things out. But the fact is both the living and the resurrected saints are going to be taken to the judgment seat of Christ. I hear people say all the time, we want justice. Really? Because the true justice is coming. Paul declared in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. He said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let's talk about Shouting. One of my favorite groups and one of my favorite songs. They have two songs. Everybody wants to rule the world. Tears for Fears. How many of you know who that is? But they have another one. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the... What does Paul mean? I mean, he's saying, Paul's saying that he's going to descend from heaven with a shout. Now, all my life, I've had this mental image of what that means, and I don't think it was a far-fetched mental image. I think it was a very practical, logical mental image of me seeing Yeshua coming and saying, Yeah! In some way, shape, or form. But he uses a lot of weird stuff when, he, in, when he's talking about the resurrection. And I believe... That I be, what I believe is that it, they, they both have very important and they're very significant when it applies to understanding what's going to happen. He said he's going to descend from heaven with a shout. Well, if you don't understand Greek, which I don't, I can't, I know some Greek. But what I can do is I can study words, and I do understand some, some of the grammar. I understand if, if you don't have, let me just say this. Well, let me just put it this way. This is what the Greek word means. That word shout signifies a call, an order, or to incite or a, listen, summons of authority. And it's not necessarily, necessarily audible. So he's going to descend from heaven with a what? It's going to be telling us to get in order. Every man according to his own order. First, first Corinthians. First Christ, the first fruits. Then those that are after his coming. The, the dead. And then... Uh, those that are alive 
Every man in his order. I've always understood what that means. Well, there's order right there. Yahshua, he resurrected. Then those that are dead, he resurrected. Then those that are alive, that is coming. Boom, they're resurrected. So we see there's an order of God. Isn't it amazing? Along with what we've been talking about. Y'all remember what we've been talking about the past month or so? What? Divine order. Vertical hierarchy. It so happens that this word shout is really an incitement or a call or an order or a summons of authority. Let me give you a good, a good example of that word. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27. What are we talking about? you come with a shout? Yahshua ain't going to have to sh outshout you or nobody else. He don't have to shout to... To make things happen. Some reason, you know, I was raised, that's how you, you made things happen. Just get louder than the other person. Are we going to get that up there today? Proverbs, let me just read it to you. It says, the locusts, it talks about locusts there. At the word of command, march in rank. God, Yahshua don't come up and say, locusts, march in rank. The word of command used to summon the locust is not an audible shout or a word. But let's look at what it is. Look at me. It is a voice of nature. It is something that, oh, I can't even think of the word right now. It's something, uh, instinct. It's in her, unheard by those who it's not intended for them to hear. I listen to the trumpet of Yahshua while the world hears a different sound. I march to the drumbeat of God, God Almighty while the others just wander around. I'm a member of the Holy Ghost traveling band. I'm moving on up to a better land. I hear the voice of a supernatural singing like not only those who know him can. Do, do, do. I didn't write that one. It's command. An angel's whisper can wake the dead when breathed by the command of him who is the resurrection and in who is the life. Get up. Come forth. My ears of flesh and nobody else's ears of flesh can hear it. Yahshua is not returning with this literal shout so loud it's going to be heard from one earth to the other. Look! Did y'all hear that? What was that? But will be a voice of attention. Attend, hut. Get in order. It's time. And when he does it, it's going to cause those people who have died and were responsible. They're going to awaken from their sleep of death and they're going to stand again. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. The hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of condemnation. Here is a group of people who are called the dead, and they have separate groups within the group. One is called those that, are, those that have done good and those that have done bad, basically. If you've done good, guess what? Your resurrection is going to give you life. Immortal life. But if you have done evil, now 
These are talking about responsible people. This ain't talking about people that, who died in, in some country that never heard the gospel. We're not talking about them. We're talking about the Bible has something totally different about them. It says they will never even see light again. We're talking about people who are in churches all over America today and who were raised under modern Christendom who refused to believe the truth and call on the only name whereby which they could be saved. But they're responsible. They'll be raised up and they'll be judged. This is the shout that's going to accompany Yahshua's return when he comes from the return. So he's going to shout. He's going to order. He ain't going to have to scream it. Nobody will hear it except those it's meant for. And they will hear and they will be raised from the dead. Those responsible, those not those responsible, whether they did good or whether they believed or not believed. We judge according to our works. First thing he's going to do when he returns. Another thing he said there, he said that Yahshua was going to return with the voice of an archangel. The voice of the archangel. Now, in all of my studies, there's only one archangel that I can find in all of Scripture. And it is in Jude, chap Jude chapter 6, verse 9. <laughs> there's only one chapter in Jude. I just have like cookies and everything up here too, don't you think? Some snacks? It's interesting to me that the only archangel mentioned in the Bible's name is Michael. And you remember in Jude where the Bible says that, that Satan durst dispute over Michael for the body of Moses? Now I want to tell you what. People with PhDs and, master, and, and doctorates in theology think that there was a Satan and that the, Michael, the angel, were fighting so they could have Moses's, the man Moses' body. <laughs> I, I laugh now because I used to believe that because that's what I was taught. And I just took what they, I just believed what they said. And I just, so I built my theology and whatever I believed kind of bounced off what they had told me. And I found out that I, I was stupid. I was stupid. Moses represents and had the voice of the archangel. Moses was a special guy. You don't believe it, you ask the Jews. God always had a man in every aeon, and Moses was the man. I'm telling you. I don't want to get into all that, but I'm telling you, he was the man. So this metaphoric language in the book of Jude that uses other metaphors and refers to other things that were written even in other books of the Bible. And listen to this. He said that, it's, that Michael durst not bring a railing accusation against Satan when he fought over the body of Moses. Disputed, I think the word is in the King James, over the body of Moses. I'm like, man, I can see it now, man. Moses was so special, and, and Satan said, I want his body. I want his body because I'm going to preserve it so they can worship him. I heard that. And the angel said, no, we don't want him worship him because we don't want him to get in the way of when Yahshua comes, and we're going to bury him and hide him where nobody can dig him up. I'm like, man, I like that theory. Let me tell you the truth of the matter is, just like 
Yahshua will come with the voice of the archangel. Moses, had, Moses was described as, in the analogy, Moses was Michael, Pharaoh was Satan, and guess what they were fighting over? Say it. The body of Moses. Who is that? Relate it this way. The body of Christ. Moses and Pharaoh were disputing over the Israelites, a.k.a. body of Moses. Did you all understand what I just said? You may not hear that the rest of your life from anybody ever. That don't make me special. I'll tell you what, but it makes me not as stupid. Amen? So Michael in Daniel chapter 10, 21 Michael's mentioned as Daniel's prince who cooperated with Gabriel in guiding the destiny of Israel at that time. It's interesting to me in our search for, okay, God, what are you? You know, what is this? I mean, is there, is there this influential thing that is a voice that those who it's intended for can hear and that maybe Michael is not even a real being angel type, but maybe it's a, it's a aspect of the energy and light of God that's manifested through what it can be called and explained no, no better. The best way it can be explained is in a voice. Gabriel and Michael cooperated and they determined to keep Israel in the way. Does that... What I just said sound familiar to anybody. I will keep him in the way. Y'all look at me. I need to know that you're on the same page with me. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? We're talking about first fruit offering, the angel of the Lord, to keep us in the way. Here we go. In Joshua chapter 5, 14, he introduced himself as the prince of the army of Yahweh. The same title he used in Daniel. It's apparent that this angel whom Joshua saw with a drawn, a drawn sword outside Jericho seems to be Michael. Michael signifies this, one like unto El. One like unto El. Now can we go back to pre-Adamic times? In a previous aeon, in a previous set of aeons, and in a part of the time cycle of God, and is there somehow maybe this was someone in that age who was like unto God, like Moses was, and like Yahshua is, and like we are manifesting to be, hopefully. In Joshua chapter four, you know, five fourteen, he said, "I'm the prince of the army of God. I'm like unto El." And then, of course, in Exodus 23, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee to the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. These scriptures suggest to me that Michael was the name given to an archangel who was placed over the affairs of Israel. Also, in Isaiah 63, 9, he's described as the angel of Yahweh's presence. That angel was the name bearer to Israel. What name? Yahweh. He possessed the power of life and death, and he had the authority 
and the power to forgive or punish sins. Let me read it again. He's the name bearer. He has the power of life and death. He has the authority to forgive and punish sins. Yahshua is going to come with the voice of the archangel. Y'all getting this? You getting this? Because this is what y'all going to get. I ain't give, you ain't getting ice cream today. I'm going to give you full meat. And if you have to chew on it all week, because we ain't got time for you to mess around and sit here and daydream and think about, well, you, you're going to miss the boat. Because Yahshua is coming with the voice of the archangel. What does that mean? He's got the power to represent the name of his father. He has the power of life and death. And he has the authority to forgive and punish sins. That's significant. When that terminology is used in relation to Yahshua. That's what he said in John 1, 6 and verse 6, 26. He's the name bearer. He's manifested and declared to the apostles. And he will do it again. He's going to return with the authority to forgive and condemn, to accept or reject. For such is the voice of the archangels which he shall speak. I'm going to, I'm going to shout. And with the voice of the archangel. All right, you ready for the next one? He returns to the sound of the trump of God. He will shout. You know, the voice of the archangel. With the trump of God. He's going to sound the trump of God. And then it goes on saying, the dead in Christ shall rise. If you understand the Feast of Tabernacles, you understand Leviticus 25.9, Leviticus 23.24. Under the law, the Day of Atonement was preceded by the memorial blowing of the trumpets. As a matter of fact, one of the three feasts in the one feast is called the Feast of Trumpets. It was a call to the people to gather them that they may make an, make an offering to Yahweh and receive covering for their sins. It came before the great day of atonement or the great day of coverings, which is the Feast of Tabernacle or Booths where we covered. That's when the living of the dead in Christ is going to be gathered together and it's going to be for the purpose of judgment. That's the first thing Yahshua is going to do when he comes. And I'm telling you that we are on the eve and in the shadow of that return. Second Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5.2. When he says, well done to you, then he goes on and he says in 2 Corinthians, we will be clothed upon with their house which is from heaven. This trump is no more audible to the ears of flesh than the shout of the Lord is or the voice of the archangel the fact is, over all this time, these centuries, these apocalyptic trumpets of Yah have been sounding, Revelation 8-2. But nobody knows the distinction or even knows what they mean. Blow the trumpet in Zion! Sound the alarm. Have you know if you don't know what the alarm is, you might just think it's the newest song on the radio. We used to sing that song 
Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on the holy nation. Blow the trumpet. Man, we used to sing that so happy until I studied a little bit more and found out that ain't, that ain't a good trumpet. We were dancing and happy about something that it was a warning. We didn't even know. We thought it was a happy song, even though it was in a minor chord. Sound the alarm. That's when people were being Jewish again, trying to be Jewish. Blow the trumpet in. They do that dance, you know. I was doing a robot back in the 80s. These warning notes are only heeded by those who have the ears of faith that are attuned to the sound by the study and the knowing and the revelation and the joining of an ecclesia whereby God speaks to his people corporately, not sitting on your couch. That's my favorite song. That's okay. I know. I'll probably say, it's probably say, blow the trumpet. It's like Siri. She'll start. You ever had Siri before? You ever got Siri? Man, you've got, you got Siri on, and then you start saying something, and she picks it up when you don't want her to. That's why I paid extra to have a man's voice on there, but don't go there with me. Revelation 11, 15 through 18 talks about the seventh trumpet. I want to tell you, we have reached the epoch of the seventh trumpet. And I got teaching on it. I got teaching on it. I think it's Revelation chapter 11, 15 through 18. It's the secret of God that he's declared throughout his servants and his, and his prophets. Revelation 10, 7. That's going to be ushered in. And it's done by a voice that Yahshua said, If any man hear my voice, there's a voice, there's a sound, there's a trumpet. That is not audible. That gathers. People can hear me preach and agree with everything I say, but they can't hear what I'm saying. Because the call is inaudible. Revelation 18, 11, excuse me, 11, 18. This consummation of the secret of God or the mystery of God likeness or the epic of the seventh trumpet or the, the time of the dead that they may be judged, Revelation eleven eighteen. It's going to be a time of national crisis when the angry nations are going to feel the wrath of Yahweh. Let me tell you this. Everybody wants to feel special for whatever they think their reason is. That's why I talked about we're never going to have true unity and, and do what I'm talking about doing and what the Bible and prophesying until, number one, you hear it, but you understand. Look, if you're still trying to get attention and you need attention, the fact of the matter is you're not going to make it. I can't believe you failed me. Look, this ain't about you. I used to think everything was about me. It's about me. That's because I needed attention. And we talked about it. Which brings which made which make you which, which makes you judgmental. 
Because if you don't get the attention and somebody else does, guess what you'll become? Judgmental. Just happens. Well, I don't like him. Look at him play that piano. He's way better than me. And it just goes down into those things, those, those deficits that we have. The nations are angry. And I will tell you why. Because they're fatherless. What does that mean? Because nobody spoke a voice of, shouted to them and said, Get in your place. Or, I'm going to put you in your place. So we have in our society that the Heavenly Father is going to come put them in their place. So who do we blame? Do we blame the fathers or the people who fathered? Or are we going to blame the people who, who don't serve God and it wasn't their fault because they didn't have a daddy? Nope, nope. You're going to stand before Yahshua for your own. And I know plenty of people who are fatherless who are successful and love God. And you're looking at one of them. I'm not going to let something, the sins of my father visit on me or my children. Now I can't stop it. Because kids sometimes, they, they can do stupid things too. But I hold on to the promises of God, about the ark of God, the things of God, the family of God, household salvation, those are things... But there's going to be a world crisis when Yahshua comes up and he begins to set his foot down. And this is how it works. If you don't get in your place, you will lose your place. He will replace your place. And what's going to happen on the earth? When he comes and puts his foot down and he speaks with that voice of authority, there's going to be some stupid people that still think that you know, there's people so stupid right now, they think we can't see past their stupidity. You know what I mean? They are so lost in their own deception that they say stuff thinking that we're just stupid and don't know the difference. Well, those days are going to be over because those kings and those, those governments are going to fall quickly. Because it's not going to be, well, we're going to vote. No, you're out. The great event that's going to take place And the epic of the culmination of this for this time that I'm talking about is going to be the resurrection of the saints. That's going to be freaky, boys, boys and girls. Here's a sequence in First Corinthians. We're talking about First Thessalonians four. The saints that are living are not going to precede the dead. Yahshua is going to return with a shout or a word of command, and that's going to awaken the dead. Get up. Get up! i got to tell you a funny story. Dick Brinkley had a friend. I don't remember her name. I did meet her. And she was a little, little lady, and she had a son that looked like Jethro Bodine. Big boy. She had a daughter, too, and she was tough. You remember who I'm talking about, Dick? The guy the, that she went up to Ken's shoe that time and said something about him, his boots or something like that. Well, they told me that her son 
she only has to say one time in the morning for him to get up. Just once. And she can whisper it from the other room. Get up. And he gets up. I'll tell you why. Because she had a problem getting him up. He wouldn't get up. So she went and bought a cow prod. Do y'all know what a cow prod is? A cow prod is this thing about this long with a bunch of batteries in it with these two electrical things. It's kind of like getting stunned by the police, but worse. Get up, son. He didn't get up. She went to the foot of the bed. She put that cow prod on his foot on the bottom. He got up every day. He'd wake up all night. Did you say something, Mama? Did I hear something? Tell you what, when Yahshua, when Shua speaks that command, that word, that shout, he's going to come with the authority of the archangel. What is that? To forgive or condemn. To invite, to participate, or to drive away. And he's going to summon all together at the great court with that trumpet of assembling. I told somebody one day, I said, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I believe the Bible for a lot of reasons. But really, bottom line, first and foremost, the reason I believe the Bible is because everything it ever predicted has come to pass. Everything. To the minute detail. So if you're going to believe the Bible, then I'm telling you what's going to happen. Now, if you don't believe the Bible, I had a buddy call me recently, pastors. He was talking about COVID-19. He said, hey, you know, him, his wife got it, his daughter got it and all that. And, <clears throat> and this is what he said. And he, and he prefaced it because he knows what I preach and what I believe now. He said, well, you know, I know you don't agree with this, but we know that the only cure for this is the rapture of the saints. We're looking for the day of the rapture. And so I said, well, the reason I don't believe in the rapture is because I believe the Bible. Well, I, he said, well, I know that word ain't in there. I know, I know it ain't either. I know the word, what harpazo means. I know the teaching. I said, I know why you teach what you teach. For You taught it the same reason I taught it. Was raised in the same denomination, went to the same Bible college. And I know why you do it. You need to listen to me to hear now why I don't do it. So let's take another part of that verse. With the Lord in the air. Because it's interesting. Had you not believed, and if people didn't believe in the rapture of the church, then this, this right here would not even phase us. But the same reason I believe that Satan was fighting, fighting an angel over the literal body of Moses is the same reason people think that this is talking about the rapture. Because you interpret it from something false. This passage of Thessalonians it's figurative of the, of the resurrection and judgment of those people that are responsible that's going to raise from the dead at his shout. And he's going to judge them with the voice of the archangel. But Paul don't really deal with the matter of judging here. You can tell by the, 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 the figures that he's using to help us understand something. The expressions of shout, voice, trump. And please, it ain't Donald Trump. 
Okay? Please. 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 Y'all, she was got better hair than that. These, they, are, they are sufficiently explanatory for proving for the purpose. It's indicating that the authority and the authoritative manner in which Joshua is coming to judge. That's what Paul's dealing with there. Hey, look, man, he, Joshua's coming back to judge. He's going to do it with a shout. He's going to do it, which is what? The ability to speak something and set into order and call something into order that you don't even have to say. Just like the locusts. How do they do it? They just do it by the, the voice that was spoken into their very DNA and instinctual qualities. I don't have to say, okay, locust, okay, birds, okay, ocean. Let's do that. So the remainder of what he's saying should be interpreted in conformity with three expressions. And I want to talk about that in closing. The living and the dead that he is Shouting, voice, and trump, trumping. Are caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. All right. I've got to be honest with you. Me too. That, was, that, was that, that kind of stumped me a little bit. I was like, okay. But just like with the body of Moses, what that really was. I'm going to tell you, it took me a while to get my brain rewired. Oh, I struggled with it. The body of Moses, the body of Moses, the body of Moses, the body of Moses. And then one day out of the blue, I'm like, body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Moses, the body of Christ. This type of shadow, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about the body of Moses. The Israelites, which was the ecclesia and the church at the time. The body of Christ. Wait a minute. So I'm reading this, you know, I'm thinking, because I believe in that rapture, man. I got songs about it, y'all. Nobody knows the hour or the day when the Lord is going to take his bride away. Dun, dun, dun. Wah, wah, wah. Had sacks. Wah, wah, wah. Trumpets. Do, 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 do. Nobody knows. Maybe we'll sing that song one day, Danny. I want you to play the sax. See, the basis of what that scripture, the interpretation of that scripture in the church, which they don't even know where they got the rapture teaching from. They just got inherited it. And they, they, they interpret things and teach things wrongly because of the brute being wrong. And that it's concept on what is called the rapture. Or a bodily transformation and ascension of all the approved that go straight to heaven. And guess what? This right here got me saved. Many times. And you've been left behind. I ain't going to tell you what we're doing. Oh, shoot. I ain't going to get left behind. I'll tell you that. They had dramatic movies about it. Left behind. Is that the name of it? No, what was the other one? What was the other one? The original one, honey, that we used to, they, as kids. No, no, not the song. That, that movie that I even showed it to youth groups before. Thief in the night. Irwin knows it. He's like, thief in the night. Oh, my God, a thief in the night. A thief in the night. A thief in the night. And the guy who, who served 
God again. They decapitated him. The UN is basically what it was. And he got, the other one got left behind. He couldn't buy anything to eat or drink. As a teenager, I was scared of that. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't scared of a lot of stuff because it's too stupid to be scared of. But I want to tell you, that I was scared of. You've been left. Larry Norman, probably the worst character of a Christian ever who wrote that song. The guy life was filled with guns and wars and everyone gets trampled on the floor. I'll get saved right now, my God. Don't do me behind. I'm going to ask God to forgive me right before he comes. On the basis of this teaching, we think we're going to get raptured out of here. And can I tell you what? You can't believe that unto salvation because that's not what the gospel says. We look at that. Not just accept it and it's an easy relief when you're a pastor and you know, don't worry people, I'll tell you what, we got good news for you. The day is going to come and, and Yeshua is going to, I mean, excuse me, Jesus is going to come and he's going to take us out of here before the seven years of tribulation come. Which there's nothing in the Bible about seven years of tribulation either. Three and a half years of good, three and a half years of bad. It is so confusing that some people believe that Yahshua is going to come before the three and a half years. That's pre-tribulation people. Or he's going to come at the end of the three and a half years of not quite so bad tribulation. That's mid-tribulation. And then, of course, when he shows up after it's all over, that's post-trib. If I'm going to go and it's going to be that bad, I'm going to be a pre-tribber. Which tells me, Y'all still don't know what the hell y'all know. Y'all, you're so confused. That's why there's 33,000 different things of the one faith. First of all, this word harpazo, H-A-R-P-A-Z-O, don't mean that you're going to get a harp in heaven. It's the Greek word. And the idea of this word even being, being caught up to go to heaven, snatched away. The word rapture written in there, but it means caught up. Let me tell you what it really means. It means to, to snatch away neither up or down. It's used when Philip was harpazoed away from Azotus in, in Acts 8.39. But it was called caught away. In John chapter 10, verse 12, it's rendered catch. John 10, 28, it means pluck. Jude 23, Acts 23, 10, pull. Matthew eleven twelve, 12, and John 6, 15, to take. So the problem is, we're going to be pulled away, neither up or down, pulled away. And it says, caught up in the clouds, so people automatically think that we're going to be caught up. Because where are the clouds? Up. I didn't believe it because I was stupid. It just made logical sense that clouds were up. So if it's up, if the clouds are going to come up in the clouds, then I'm, Johnny, it's up. Okay. We're going to be caught in the clouds to ever, forever be with the Lord. Well, listen, I told the guy this. Well, how are you going to ever get to heaven? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're caught up in the clouds. You ever been caught up in a traffic jam before? Huh? You know what I'm saying? I mean, he said, man, I'm caught up, you know, I'm caught up. 
In the clouds until ever be with the Lord. We all going to be stuck right there for forever? You're going to be in the clouds? Now I understand the cloud nine and angels on harps went on the clouds because it's the cloud. You're in the clouds. You're not even going to get to where the astronauts get to. If you're caught up there, hey, I'm, I'm going to be late. I got caught up in traffic. Now, does that make sense or not? The Greek here. And the reason, one of the reasons I know this is because I got to know this. Because the gospel of the kingdom that Yahshua and all preached, he said nothing about this. Through all the Old Testament. Now, nothing about this. Oh, you're going to inherit the earth. I'm going to restore real estate. Not one time. And I told that guy, I said, well, bro, it, it, it don't even say anywhere that you're going to go to heaven. It's that shout, voice, and trump. He just can't hear it. It don't say it. There's nowhere. And, of course, I was waiting for him to say, absent body present with the Lord. Greek does not have the definite article. And the phrase reads this. And I want you to remember what all we've been talking about, about this group, the dead in Christ, then there are those who are alive, that group. Listen to this. In clouds, we shall be caught up, caught away, not up or down. It means snatched, taken in clouds. Such as in Hebrews 12, 1. It's, some translations say in clouds, groups, or companies, or order. So what are we going to be? We're going to be caught up together in groups or companies. And really, the word caught up means what I told you. It could be up, it could be down, it could be whatever. But it doesn't just mean up. And we're going to be in the clouds. Now, if you go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, now I understand where all the people that died who went to heaven didn't really go to heaven. They are still in the clouds. How do I know that? Because, did I do Hebrews chapter, what, chapter 12, 1, isn't it? Wherefore, seeing we are so combassed about by the so cloud, a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, looking unto Yeshua the... Okay, sorry. Watch this. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Wait a minute. So they got caught up in the cloud too. And so all those people in... In Hebrews 12, the heroes of the faith that died having not received the promise. I know where they're at now. They're in the clouds too. Caught there, stuck. It's almost like purgatory. It's almost like limbo. Here they are floating in the clouds. Not in heaven, not on earth. They're clouds. They got caught up in the clouds. Can y'all hear how facetious I'm being? Got to be that. Clouds. They're in the clouds. It's a whole cloud of witnesses. Yeah, what is that? Groups. It's a group. It's a company. And the purpose of the gathering together is to what? To meet the Lord. The same way as Philip was taken by the power of God, he was translated. How? It's an interesting word, man. Interesting. Apentesis. I'm probably saying it wrong. But I don't care because I know what it means. To meet the Lord. What does that mean? Hallelujah. We're going to meet the Lord in the clouds. Well, that's where he lives, in the clouds. Him and all the other people that have died and gone on before, they're still in the clouds. Sarcasm alert. But it was interesting to me that the purpose of the meeting, what it really means in the Greek, it's, it's a technical term for the official welcome 
of a dignitary. I lied to you not. I'm like, I love the Bible. I love the Bible that God raised up Alexander the Great, conquered the world, and everybody had to use the most perfect language and grammar structures so we'll know exactly what the Bible really means. Brought up in the clouds to meet the Lord. When there was an official paid a visit to a city or, or somebody that was important, we'll meet the dignitary that's coming. I don't know if we're going to give him. I think the leading citizens of a town, the mayor of the Munchkin City, in the Mary, Mary land of Oz, they went to meet the dignitary. The leading citizens of a community, when a dignitary comes, they come and they welcome that dignitary, escort them to their final stage. We've been waiting for you to meet the Lord in the air. This word occurs in Matthew 25, 6. And listen to this. It's in relation to the wise virgins. And in Acts 28, 15, for the group of people, the brethren who went out on their way to meet Paul. Oh, I like that word right there. The word is apentesis. I'm going out to meet Yeshua to obtain his approval and to meet him in his official capacity as the future monarch of the whole world in the air. There's going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet by and by. We used to sing it when I was a kid. Is this a literal air? Is it figurative air? It cannot be literally interpreted because if it does, it's going to mess up all the other scriptures that say that the saints are going to reign upon the earth. Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And that Yahshua is not going to go to heaven. He's going to come to earth and he's going to sit on the throne of David. Not, you know, Yahshua don't have a throne in heaven. You understand that? He's at the right hand of the throne. He's not... There's not a love seat thrown up there or, or one of those three-seaters where the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are all on the throne. There's only one who sits on the throne. Yahshua is going to come and sit on his throne, and he'll do that when he makes the world his footstool. And he will sit upon the throne of David. So for me to say that this means he's going to be in the air and we're going to greet him to a place of where he's going to come and rule and reign again because he's this dignitary that we've been waiting for to come. That that's going to happen somewhere not on earth. It just don't line up with nothing else in the Bible. And Judge Judy said, if it don't make sense, it just ain't true. Mortal people in Zechariah 14, 16, what are they going to do? They're going to ascend to Jerusalem to do what? They're going to worship this dude. You don't think they're going to worship him? They worship Trump. They worship Obama. They worship LeBron James. I saw a thing on Facebook the other day where this guy was in the military, you know, and he got shot like six times and he had a broke arm and broke leg and he couldn't move his head, but he continued to fight the battle. And LeBron had a picture of LeBron James and had four guys carrying him off court because he had a cramp. We can worship some stupid stuff. You wait till Yeshua comes. And when armies try to defeat him, he says, I'm just going to make it hell on y'all. Hell ain't going to hurt us. Well, 3,000 pound hell balls are going to hurt you. 
You know what I mean? I can kill you with one giant hell ball if I want to. Y'all hear me? You don't think this guy is going to be worshipped? He'll be hated. He'll be hated. But for those that hear his voice and love his appearing. Y'all hear me? Love his Love your place in the, in the order. Oh, I'm on that team right there. I got a place on that team. And it's Jerusalem that they're going to come to literally to the throne of God. All the Bible and all the prophecies, they all make demand me to believe that Yahshua is going to reign on the earth and that I have been invited to reign with him and all who get their well done will be able to rule and reign with him. That's why it can't be heaven. Figuratively, though, when it talks about we're going to meet him in the air, meet the, we're going to meet the Lord, we're talking about a statement that has to do with the political atmosphere, the heavens. When I say political, I'm talking about government. Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, a lot of people still don't believe that Yahshua is going to really literally come, that he's here now, the kingdom of God here. And what we're going to do, we're going to change the world by voting people out and voting people in. And listen, if that's where you're at, do whatever's in your heart, man. I'm not telling you to do anything about that. But I will tell you this. It ain't nothing going to really change till he comes. Are some presidents better than others? Probably. Are some, some people in government crooked and some not? Okay, whatever. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the fact that the political atmosphere of the age that's coming, which the Bible says is going to shine like the sun, moon, and stars. How many of you know that's symbolic language? The sun, moon, the stars. And I talked a little bit about light, and I don't want to get too much into that, you know, spectrums and all those kind of things. Watch this. In Matthew 13, 32, there's a story of a mustard seed that grew up so big and its branches were so big. Guess what the birds did? Watch this. Look at me. The birds of the air found shelter. This will be nations that are related to the air because of their previous positions of authority and of the earth. What are they going to do? They're going to come and find shelter with that one seed, the first of many that was planted and rose up and is continually growing. Matthew 13, 43, the righteous are described as shining forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, which teaches this. That we must be lifted up in the air, a place of authority, a place of government. The Bible says in Daniel 12, 3, we're going to shine as the brightness of the firmament, as the stars forever and ever. What's that? It is a symbolic. You know, we say, I'll be in the light as you are in the light. We'll shine like the stars in the heaven. Well, that ain't happening right now. There's little glimmers of what we should be. But the fact is, we ain't ruling nothing. Most people can't even rule their own lust and affections. 
in that air, in the air where we're going to meet him. And we're going to, we're going to receive him as the king of kings in that, in that place where we're going to be gathered is going to be all of those who are the redeemed. First gathering, the first grouping is going to be limited to the judgment seat. But ultimately, when we set up the kingdom, that judgment is going to, going to extend through all the world until every country acknowledges the authority of the sun that is shining in the real heavens and government of the earth. I like what Daniel 2 says. It talks about this little stone that's going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow like a mountain till it fills the whole earth. Are y'all hearing what I'm trying to teach you today? I'm not trying to wear you out. I got one paragraph left. There's going to be a cloud of witnesses gathered. And that's going to be concentrated into what the Bible calls the one general assembly. It is literally the living history of all ages. And when I'm saying ages, I'm not talking about birth ages. I'm talking about aeons. Of all the ages and through all the generations that will be gathered together in groups. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Elijah, David, Daniel, John, all the prophets and all the apostles with a multitude besides. The Bible says 144,000, which is only a symbolic number because it goes right under there. And right uh, a couple of verses down, it says it's a number and a multitude that can't be numbered. All in their day were zealous for the truth, intelligent in the word, called and accounted as fools. Many lost their lives, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Loved every minute of it. Because many were their afflictions, but Yahweh delivered them out of them all. They found the life in death and the light in darkness. And he's going to, in groups, he's going to be in groups. I think we're a group. I think we're a group. We lit a group. Maybe we're not even classified as a group. Maybe we're some. Maybe we're, maybe we're some. Maybe we're a few. But I want you to hear me. That day's coming. That day's coming. And we better be ready. And that's part of what I do. I prepare a people for the Lord. And there's going to be some people that are just too stupid. And I say stupid because that's what it is. They are so deceived that they think that this life is going to fulfill them somehow. If they can just, if I can just get a little more money, if I can just get a little more time, if I can just to play that a little bit more, or have this more, or to get that again more and more and more. You know what? I, I, I've, I've seen women before with like eight children. I'm talking about. Say, 
I miss being pregnant. Now, if that's how they feel, I might be judgmental. God forbid I'm judgmental. My point is, nothing in this life, all things are insatiable. You, you cannot satisfy. You get that? You never go, it just can't do it. It's death on everything. Well, I just wish I had, if I had one of those, in, their, in our mind, we will spend our lives playing like we're having a good time. Oh, if I could just go to the mountains, or if I could just go to the beach, oh, if I could just have a nicer house, oh, if I could just drive one of those cars, oh, if I could just be rich and not have to work again, oh, if I could just, it goes on and on and on, you know, if I, if I just was taller, if I just had blonde hair and straight hair instead of black hair and curly hair, if I could go on and on. Now, I'm telling you, all you're going to do is go around the mountain, 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 and you'll become the dizzy person that you're staggering around the earth like. I have had the best life because of Yahweh. And I know that. And I've had people tell me, you should have done this, and you should have done that, and you should have gone there, and you should have been. You know what? They're stupid. That's the, that's the word today, kiddies. Our word today is stupid. They, how are you going to offer me a can of worms when I know that everything is so inept does not have the ability to get what I'm looking for. But I want to tell you, once you, we, we, we need to live in the light of that shout, that voice, and that trumpet. I want to tell you what I hear. I heard y'all so we always say, do, 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 do. get my house in order. And when he says that to me, I know what it means. Right here first. Right here first. Then house number two. Then house number three. Hey, if you're eating my cooking, you owe me your tithing offerings. I'll be waiting for them. And every good thing you're supposed to share with me.